Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? This is Dana Barrows, and I want to welcome you all to my first Believe in the Celtics podcast. Now, normally we do a weekly podcast where we'll break down the Celtics events of the week, but today I got a special treat. I have a D. Brown interview, my guy D. Brown. It's about a 20-minute interview. He has an amazing story, so I really want to put that out there first and foremost for you guys to hear, but ultimately, it's going to be a weekly Celtics show. And we're going to break down the game-by-game events of the week. But just for today, we're going to talk about the last night's game, which was the Golden State Warriors-Boston Celtics game. Unbelievable game. Listen, bro. Listen. I consider myself a great shooter. Shoot all types of shots. Off the pick and roll, down pins, you know, back pick pop-outs, pull up off the break, you name it. I consider myself a great shooter. But this dude right here, come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. I ain't never in my life seen nobody do this thing, the things this dude does, man. You know, as a shooter, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. And I used, I call myself top five. I'm not even putting him in that category. Let's let's just let's just keep it a buck right out the gate. All right. So what I saw Steph do last night, uh, I watched him play 37 minutes and score 47 points. But the way he scored the 47 was crazy. Now, as I say that. I also have to say Jason Tatum went right mano a mano with the guy. Jason Tatum played 40 minutes, had 44 points. Jalen Brown was out, so he really carried the bulk load of the offense. So Jason Tatum was 16 to 25 from the floor, 5 and 9 from the three, 10 rebounds and 3 assists. So as much praise as I'm giving Steph Curry, I'm going to now give Jason Tatum the same because this guy's taking a lot of heat um, about... You know, maybe shot selection, ball movement, yada, yada, yada. But in the moments like this where you have a guy out and you have a guy like Steph Curry coming into your building, trying to beat the brakes off you, <laughs> give, giving you the business, and you're going step for step. And not, when I say step for step, Steph Curry's 15 for 27 from the floor. Jason Tatum again was 16 for 25. So when I say step for step, I mean step for step now. Kimba added in 26 points, 9 for 20 from the floor, 4 for 11 from the three, 39 minutes, hit a big, big clutch shot. So once again, big, big win for the Celts. Um, right now moving up to fourth place in the East, half a game behind the Hawks, two games ahead of the Heat, still a bunch of teams mixed up there with 15 games remaining. So that's a little wrap-up for this week. I just had to talk about that game, crazy, crazy game. So if you haven't seen it, go back and check it out. Um, watch the Steph Curry and Jason Tatum battle. So once again, this is Believe in the Celtics podcast. Coming up, we got my man D. Brown. Check it out. What's going on? This is your guy, your main man, 50 Grand, Dana Barrows, and you're watching the Believe in the Celtics podcast. Peace. All right, this is DB, back with the DB for three podcast. 
I got my guy, my man, 50 Greg, D Brown in the building. What's good, fam? Appreciate but you. What's up, fam? Oh, no question. Uh, you know, you know how the DBs work together. You know, we did it on the court. It's good to be on your uh, your show. So I'm excited about it, brother. You only brother I let somebody else call DB, man. That's a, we, only, <laughs> we only like that, man. We only like no that. Doubt, no doubt. So we're gonna get straight into it. We got this thing called shoot the trade right out the gate. So I'm gonna ask you three questions. Might be basketball related, might be off the cuff to the left, man. So we gonna shoot the trade. It's game seven. Mm-hmm. You playing in the NBA finals. You're on your way to the game. You getting ready to get in the whip. I need to know what that whip is. Let me know what that whip is. I'm going to game seven. Ooh, I'm probably going to be, you know, I'm not a big car person, so I like trucks. So I'm going to say I'm going to get him a Range Rover, the double R. I remember the one I had back in the day, the Rhino. It was nice. It was gray. It was like yes, one of the sir. first ones that came out back in the day, you know, old school joints. So I'm getting the, the Rhino, especially in Boston. You know, we had game seven. I'm with the Celtics, so it's snowing. You no know, doubt. we're getting ready to go through that, go through that, uh, the snow in the tunnel, so I'll make sure I got the, the, the right double R, you know, the, the, you the big 4. 6. You not, a big yeah. <laughs> The 4.6, not the 4.0. Let's no get it doubt. right now. Always, always, <laughs> always. All right, question number two. Yeah. All the way to the game, all the way in the pods till game starts. Mm-hmm. What music going to get that mindset right? What's bumping in the phones and in, in the car? Man, back then, you know, getting ready, I'm looking to listen to Jay-Z, like the old, old Jay-Z, you know. Uh, if Blueprint, that's not it, yeah, or I'm listening to that Biggie. Like I got, that's the old school Biggie, one more chance, just thinking about it, you know, all the all the stuff, you know, the stuff he had, uh, you know, he just had so many songs. Oh, but any, anything Biggie, anything Biggie at that time, I, I was rocking at that time going to the game seven. All right, get that mind right. Last question. Yeah. We know we know eventually it's gonna come. We're gonna have the D Brown Netflix documentary. I need to know who's <laughs> gonna play D Brown and why you choose him to play. I think everybody think Denzel should play him. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't get Denzel. Denzel all the baddies with him and everything, man. Like, yeah, you just... know what I'm saying? He, he too he too high post. You know what? If I if I had to choose somebody, um it would be the uh, man. I can't forget to do Omar Epps. Omar, okay, I like that. I you know, like he got that. The eyeball. He got the eyes like me. You no know, doubt. he's a, he's played in basketball movies, so he knows how it works. But you know, Omar Epps be the perfect guy because he's got like the build. He got the flavor. You know, he can you know he can do crossover stuff. But he, he's probably the guy that I would pick definitely to, to play me in, in, in the Deep Brown documentary. All right, let's shoot the trade. I appreciate D for the shoot the trade. Now we're gonna get right into it because you have an amazing story, bro. We got this kid from Jacksonville University. You in the draft. The draft number 19, David Stern says, D. Brown going to the Boston Celtics, man. What was that like? You got Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and the great RIP Reggie Lewis. What was it like coming into that situation? I mean, the most impressive thing of that, that, you know, other than winning the dunk contest, I think individually for sports, for, for Red Arbach to say that they want you, in that story franchise we drafted. Um, like you said, you know, Robert was, Chief was there, Larry, you know, Kevin, uh, you know, Reggie was still, still, still alive. Um, you know, just to be a part of that whole history. You know, we, you know, we grow up, it was two teams on TV. It was the Lakers and the Celtics. Right. That was it. We watched it every day on CBS. And Tommy Heinsohn was still, you know, God rest his soul, was always the guy like, man, he's so pro. He's so pro Celtic, he don't even care about the Lakers. So you kind of get caught up in that. 
you know, if you're a Celtic, you never want to be a Laker. If you're a Laker, you never want to be a Celtic. So when I got drafted by the Celtics, I knew the history, watching all the games on TV, seeing the old Boston Garden, the banners and all that stuff. It was like it was like a dream come true, especially being from the East Coast. You know, West Coast people, you know, they want to be the Lakers. East Coast, you want to be the Celtics. Um, just all that history. So just to be around all that history, the great players, you know, all the Hall of Famers, top 50 players, playing in oh, an old Boston Garden, you can't you can't beat that. Like that's that's some history that that you know you you gotta kind of yeah you gotta be a part of it. Like you gotta be a part of it. You got a chance to be a part of it. Um, or being with the Celtics, but just hearing your name called by the great Red Arbot. Like that's like like that's like Crazy. a dream come true. Yeah. Crazy. Now, like you said, you that was a great time coming in. You were winning pretty much winning team, even though they were at the end of their career. You guys were still going to the Eastern semis and the Eastern finals, yeah. and then all those guys leave. It's a little turnover. And as you mentioned, you became the dunk champion, and that was like a mega rock star, man. You was a worldwide yeah. star. That was unbelievable. <laughs> The shoes was crazy. What was that yeah. like going from being behind those guys in the spotlight somewhere to being that megastar? Yeah, that was that was crazy. Number one, for a Celtic to win a dunk contest, you know, back then Celtics weren't done on dunking. You know, well, yeah, so, yeah, we know. <laughs> you know, so so to be in a contest as a Celtic, being the first one, like it was amazing, you know, no matter what outcome was going to be. But I knew I had a great chance to win. I knew I had some great dunks. Uh, obviously, you know, the no-look dunk was the one everybody remembers, which I never practiced. I never did it before. That was the first time I did it. Made Straight it up out the, the gate. Wow. Straight out the gate. You know, obviously, everybody knows about the pumps. You know, I was a Reebok guy before that. And, you know, you were part of Reebok at one time as well. Um, you know how our family was, the Reebok family, being up in Massachusetts. It was, it was a big thing yes. at that time to be part, of, be part of Reebok. So it was great. You know, all of a sudden going from a guy, a rookie, you know, behind the big three, all of a sudden – people running past them on road trips come to get my autograph. <laughs> it real. was crazy. And, and Larry be <laughs> like, yo, and Larry said a quote. I remember Larry said a quote uh, after the dunk contest. He said, back in the, you know, you know, before all this stuff started, everybody want to shoot like me, not everybody want to dunk like D. You know, so, you know. He did it, a it shirt, me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so it made me feel like, okay, you know what? I've identified myself as an individual. I still had to go on the court and perform because I didn't want to just be known as a dunker. Um, so, you know, you have to, you know, always, you know, improves your game and, and you know you gotta you know press those guys like those guys are hall of famers you know absolutely you know and so uh just all of a sudden like you said really overnight becoming like the biggest star on the team worldwide worldwide it, it was crazy it was crazy yeah yeah so blessings i clap it up for that for d brown that's that's big right there now now here I, i'm i'm in 95 i signed with the celtics <laughs> We show up. We had ML. We had Uncle ML for a couple of years. He was the coolest guy in the world. I call him Uncle. Yeah, the long ML. coats. Remember, 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 you remember when Hugo Ball suits he had? They were like <laughs> jacking it down to his kneecaps. Oh, <laughs> Uncle ML was his own man, bro. I'm gonna tell you, when I signed my contract with the Celtics, I showed up at the at the uh, the, the the arena to sign my contract. Bro, I had a dashiki on, man. I was like, he's all the way in. That's my Uncle ML right there. That's my Uncle oh, ML. ML. So we played for ML for a couple of years, and then Rick Pitino comes in. Pretty Ricky, what they called him, right? Pretty Ricky, what they called him. So I remember this. I'm gonna start the story off at the first day of training camp. Then I want you to tell me what you you remember about that. So we go all the way down to Rhode Island, and this summer training camp, the whole camp is illegal. It's against like player rules and regulations and everything. So we go we go down here in July, yeah. we go to the meeting, we're all hyped. Okay, let's go, we get ready to start a new part of our career. 
Rick Pitino walks into the meeting and he's he looks right out at the crowd. The first thing out of his mouth was he said, Curvis Ellison, <laughs> Barrels, D Brown, and Rick Mine. He said, I don't even want y'all. <laughs> I was like, he just, did he just say that to my face? Like, I do remember that. Like that. Oh, I remember that. And I looked at you and we kicked each other's legs like, where's the punchline? Yeah. But there wasn't no punchline. <laughs> there wasn't no punchline. He was dead serious. He was like, if I get rid of all you dudes right now, I could. He's like, I want nobody, nobody connected to the old Celtics. He was he was not happy with, with us. Because, you know, we was old heads. I was still the captain. Right. Remember? So everybody was looking at me like, dude. He just calls you out in front of all these young dudes, you know, riding Bobby, Ricky, you know, Mike. <laughs> you know, but tell you, hold on. I got the best line for you. We had Greg Miner there, remember? And, and, and Greg Miner got bad. And he said, Greg, I've been trying to trade you. I couldn't trade you for a full-size Jason Kier poster. And <laughs> I said, I heard it all right now. I'm the bus in front of everybody. You said, I couldn't trade you for a life-size poster of Jason Kier. Like, oh my goodness, I like, Yo, that was, get up that was a crazy. I always camp. Want, uh, listen, the one regret I do have, I did retire as a Celtic, like, I wasn't playing my whole career as, as a Celtic, right? But it was a lot going on at that time, you know, it was a lot of changeover. You know, obviously, he wanted to disconnect himself from the old Celtics, you know, like that big press conference he had, like, you know, they're burning, walk through that door, Kevin, you know, you know, and it was sad, you know, uh, they went through a time, and obviously, you know. After I got traded, my eighth year, you know, Antoine was there, then Paul Pierce came in and things like that, and they kind of got back, and then obviously, you know, uh, they fired Rick. Uh, but the times we were there, dude, we just, we had each other. Yeah, you know, was my road, we dog. We, we sitting there, road men on the road, we go out, we be like, man, we got we, we got to do something, man. This this is crazy. Oh, so, this is crazy. So that was an experience, man. We're going to have to write a book about that one day. Oh, my goodness. But then you talked about changing your game because we talked about you being a three-point champ, but what most people don't know, and I recognize as a shooter, you became one of the best shooters, three-point shooters in the league at the late end of your career. Talk about how that, how you had to go about and change your game. Was it due to injuries? Was it due to the change of play? Or was it a combination of all the things? It was a combination of all of them. It was had to do with, obviously, the league was changing. They shooting more threes. And I went to a team where... You know, when I got traded, you know, to 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 Toronto, late in my career, uh, even my last year or so in Boston, you know, you know, Rick wanted us to shoot threes. Like that was that was his thing. Spread the floor, shoot threes. He brought that college game in there. And I remember my last game in the Boston Garden, my last game as a Celtic Boston Garden, I broke Bear Bird's three point record for the most threes in the game. Right. I had eight. And that was the last game I ever played in the Celtic in a Celtic uniform in the, in, the old Boston, in the Boston Garden. And I remember that because that kind of propelled me like, okay, you know what? I got, I got to be more consistent shooting this, this three ball. And, you know, you was always great at that. Like, that was your thing. Like, you, you pull over half court. I was like, man, I got to be able to shoot the ball like that. And <clears throat> when I got traded to Toronto, Daryl Curry was there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wait a minute. And then we had Vincent Tracy. So it was basically just spread the floor you know, let them do their thing and be ready to shoot the basketball. And that one year, like you said, I led the league in three-point shooting, uh, at three-point makes, not right. percentage, but makes. Because, again, I knew how to readjust my game. Father Tom's undefeated, so I wasn't dunking on nobody no more. Right. You know, I was I an was old vet, so I had to refigure how to 
keep my value in the league. You know, being a veteran point guard, be able to, you know, be a great you know, veteran in the locker room, be able to, you know, tell guys the truth and be able to do that stuff. But he still had to contribute on the court. And, you know, the one thing I figured out, if you can make that, that shot behind the line, Larry Bird told me, I always watch you do it. You get an extra point if you shoot behind that line. Absolutely. Like, you get an extra point. And I learned that real quick, my eighth, ninth, as my career went on, you know, that, that's a big equalizer when you're later in your career to be able to knock that shot down because it, it makes you a threat and a valuable piece, you know, uh, late in your career when your athleticism kind of starts going the other way. Definitely. I had to salute you because people don't know. That's, that's a lot, a lot of work, man, to change that game over. Now, you said you ended out your career and then you, you did a lot of coaching, a couple of different coaching jobs. But the main thing I want to talk about now is the mindset of a player. You go from coaching, watching NBA players play to now watching your daughter, Lexi, get busy yeah. in the WNBA. <laughs> Explain yeah. that experience because I had a, boy, a son that played in college and I wanted mm. to jump out the crowd and I, I just <laughs> had no control. Yeah. Explain what that's like to people. Well, it's crazy because I remember when she first went to college, she went to Maryland, and her freshman and sophomore year, she took the team to the Final Four. And then Maryland moved from ACC to the Big Ten, but she always wanted to play in ACC. So she transferred to Duke in her last two years. And Duke you know, had a great career. We go watch her playing Cameron Stadium. Indoor stadium was unbelievable. Um, but then she gets drafted in the first round, you know, so – we had a connection. I got drafted in the first round. She got drafted in the first round. I coached in the WNBA, so I kind of knew how the league was. A head, I was a head coach there. Um, but I try to be dad, you know. Um, yeah, I do want to jump out of the stand sometimes. The things you work on, you know, all your, 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 when she was young and in college. But I was just proud that, you know, she worked so hard to, to be, you know, a three-time All-American in college you know, win all these awards, get to the final four. I mean, her college career was way better than my college career. And again, for her to get drafted in the first round in the WNBA, uh, it's just a proud moment as a dad, you know. Um, you know, you know we, we talk about, and, and again, such a sad moment when Kobe passed away, we talked about him and his daughter, Gianna, about going through that whole process with their daughter. I did it. Like right. I went through that whole coaching her AU team being in the gym with her, going to college, watching her play college, getting drafted. Like I, I, that hurt me to my heart just because it's one of our fraternity brothers and Kobe and his, and his daughter and all the rest of the members uh, who was on that, on that helicopter that passed away. But I went through that whole girl dad thing. And that hurt me to my heart that Kobe and his daughter never got a chance to go through that. That's to me, you know, that's one of the most special, most you know, unbelievable feelings to see, you know, your daughter go through that get to the, the pinnacle of professional basketball on, 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 a, on, a, on a woman's level. And now I can just enjoy her play. She's with the Minnesota Lynx right now. She's been having a great career so far. So it's been, it's, it's been really good, satisfying, you know, and, uh, you know, for us to, to enjoy it together, um, that, that's been very special. Yeah, blessings. It's a joy to watch. Blessings to you and Tammy and salute to Lexi, man, and, and, and good luck in the future. And now a couple, couple last things. Uh, my man Alan from Reebok, his son plays for me, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see you I see guys it. are still very, very active with Reebok. You have shoes coming out, Alan Iverson yeah. has shoes coming out. Explain to me yeah. the Reebok thing and how you can still promote yourself through that rock star status you had back in the day through Reebok. That's amazing. Well, you, well, you know, I'm the Reebok OG. You know, like uh, the guy well, really, but right before me was was Dominique. Like Dominique was like, that first big time name NBA player to wear the pumps, like the old school pumps. And then obviously with the dunk contest and 
me in 1990-91 you know I became like you know name and face and after that I became Iverson and Shaq and you know Sean Kemp all these other guys that came but I'm still there you know like like I, I have a deal with them and it ain't changed like you know we've been together for 30 years you know <laughs> and and like you said you know we got shoes coming out soon you know, Alan is, is a great dude. I, I see his little, his, little, his little man on your the little AU team Ooh. and stuff like that. He be getting, I, he be going, at, he be getting at it. So, man. you know, that's impressive to see you doing great things up there with your, with your, your, your place and facility. I remember when you first built it. I was still in Boston. You was yeah. building this facility. I had, you remember I had mine yep. in Orlando, Florida, right? Bill yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, man, this is gonna be great. You're gonna change so many lives. You've done that. So I'm proud of you for that, brother. For, for sticking with that and, and, and giving back to the community like you said he was going to do. Like, you, right. you, 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 you lived up, to, you know, it wasn't performative. You said Appreciate exactly it. what you're going to do, and you've done it, and you're sticking with it. So you've changed a lot of lives, young kids' lives there. So I'm proud of you for that. Um, but the Reebok just, you know, listen, when you build something like that and you, your name's associated with a shoe and somebody says a pump and the first thing comes out, they name, they, their mouth is D Brown, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, they, they did so much for my life and hopefully I did so much for their company. That's why we still got a connection and having people like Alan, and you know I'm real close, right. he's a good dude. So you always yeah. want to make sure um, you take care of the people that take care of you. Right, and you created that legacy for your kids and everyone else to do things, same thing I'm trying to do now. Yeah. Last thing, man, you, you, you gave me a great experience and I don't know if you remember this, man. I, we were playing in Orlando, right? I was getting ready to have ankle surgery and I said, I'm going to go down to Orlando, just play some golf because I'm going to be out for six months. And we went to your house in Islesworth, right? Mm-hmm. And we got to play golf with Payne Stewart, yeah. Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey's Pops, yeah. Boy Rod. Mm-hmm. I think my step pops was there. <laughs> yeah. But before we even got to the golf, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm at your house, beautiful house. I'm like, we go in the garage. You got all Tiger Woods stuff. Shirts, trophies. And it was like, yo, man, take a shirt. Take what I was like, yo, bro, you, I'm from Boston. I take all this stuff out of here. But you you had the whole crew. You was one of the first houses in that community, and we, you drove me around. They were building Sha- uh, Shaq's 30,000 square foot house. Yeah. I thought yeah. Tiger's house was a hotel, bro. I'm like, oh, they got a right. hotel. He's like, no, that's Tiger's house. Yeah. So t- explain that experience of being in there with and then Payne Stewart having to play with us and give us tips maybe within yeah. a year before his death. Yeah. Now, listen, being in there was unbelievable. Like, I was first athlete in there, you know, uh, me and Marco Mira, who was the other golfer. And it was before guys started moving in there. So right after I moved in there, like you said, Ken Griffey moved in there, Shaq, Penny, uh, um, you know, Thurman Thomas, all those people lived in, in there. It was just good because all our kids got a chance to grow up together. And they they understood kind of like everybody knows what athletes do and how much money we make. You look it up. Like, it's it's public knowledge. But to be around all these other professionals, golfers, CEOs of companies, um, people that own, like, land all over the country, to be able to to have conversations with them about business, uh, to be able to go play golf with guys who are – you know, professional golfers that way where they'll give you tips and kind of they're like just like everybody else. And, you know, to be able to invite people to your home and say, listen, dude, your, your, my home is your home. Like whatever you want, whatever you need, um, you know, let, let's, let's make sure you feel welcome and comfortable. And that's the biggest thing to me was like making sure that everybody understood, especially my kids, that a lot of people work hard for their money. 
and 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 there's a lot of people that are not athletes that are very successful. You don't have to be an athlete to make a lot of money and be successful. And that's one thing I want to show my kids and and you know just when I was in that neighborhood because that neighborhood was it was different. Like it was, you know, it was people in there like you know you think Shaq has some money, right? Shaq house yeah. was like he didn't have no money <laughs> like some of these other people in there. We was like, man, what you do? Well, yeah. I own Tupperware. Right. Or I own all the orange groves or I own, you know, this, this other company. They're like, okay, you know, let me talk to you about some business stuff. So to me, it was just more of just learning um, and being around other great minded people, families and kids, and they all grew up together. But just, you know what I'm saying? You know, playing golf with those type of players and people like that, right. man, that's, that's a, like you said, that's an unbelievable experience just to go through. Well, that's it for my man D. Um, gonna definitely have you back, man. Um, once this no NBA doubt. gets started, we'll, we'll get it again. So, let me get a hand clap. Let's get the clap for my man D Brown. I appreciate you, my brother yeah, from brother. another mother. Yes, All sir. day, bro. Thanks again, man. All the time, baby. ODB, my love, baby. Yo. All right, peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.